Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I am one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, what up? We got DJ D Miles. What up? We got Jamie the Great here. <laughs> we got associate producer Nudia in the building. Hello. What what's good, fellas? Happy birthday to D Miles. Oh, Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday, fam. You know, how you feeling? Good? I, I actually feel really good. That's good. I, I'm not a big celebrator for my birthday normally, but my mom was like, yo, like, it's your 40th. You got to kind of oh, like- Oh, shit, the big 4 You kind of got to like just yo. celebrate. So I'm like, I'm not doing nothing. I didn't do nothing crazy. Just, you know, dinner with friends and family. I didn't mm-hmm. that night, but- Well, happy birthday. Yeah. Good, yeah. Man. Thank, yes. you. Happy Thank birthday. you. Happy birthday. Don't look a day over 21. Appreciate that. Wow. So let's get to the big question. Why did you leave Scam, D? <laughs> Birthday was our first. <laughs> I can't, hey, I can, I can go in, man. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> not, not, in, not in that kind of way, though. Not no, no, wait, wait, wait. Let's take, a, let's take a moment for a take second. Take a step back. Take a LeBron James step back. Yeah. <laughs> so as of right now, um, Neva, D Miles, and myself, DJ Crooked, mm-hmm. we were on. Uh, an agency, a DJ agency, scam artist, well-known DJ. If you, you know about this shit. You in the industry, yeah. you know about this shit. Um, we, I've been on it for 10 years. Never, how long have you been on it? Um, I think six years. Six, six years. Six or seven years, something like D, that. D, six for me. Six, two. Yeah. And, uh, and then we all kind of recently left. I mean, D and I left this year. Yeah, and then never you I left, left last, last year. year. Yeah, D and I are sleeping giant. Yeah, never you're with our homie Eddie McDonald, Mac, Mac Agency. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. local agency here in Las Vegas. Yeah, but they're not local. They do other shit. Yeah, out of town stuff. Um, yeah. but yeah, D and I on Sleeping Giant. Shout to Fresh One. Shout to all the SD fam. Troy yep. Gilmore. And yeah, and I guess we we just shouting out shout out to Eddie McDonald. Yeah, yeah. Shout to Omar, yeah. Omar, Omar Galliano. Omar. OG. I mean, we don't have to shout out Omar, but yeah. <laughs> 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 his his uh, signature little laugh. <laughs> Fuck you, cricket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Anyway, we all announced it pretty much. Well, D and I announced it, yeah. and uh, you know, everyone wants to know why the big question we left scam. You know, yeah. people have been hitting me on. Like, yo, why did the guys leave? How long has it been in the works? Did Even it? before I left, people were like, "Yo, what's going on? Crooked left? Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it kind of like question. was an industry shakeup." Well, the thing is, like, most people leave scam. You know, because they're not working or they're not making money. Mm-hmm. Personal reasons too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, some. I mean, mostly it's about gigs, though, right? Like, yeah, it has in, to be. In most That's cases, underlying issue. Like, and so for me, I guess people are like, "Yo, you you're still kind of working? This shit's like steady. Why would you leave? Yeah, what's, in, what's if the, if the shit's not broken? Right. And um, you know, Scam would like post everyone's birthday, right? Did, did he ever post your birthday when you were on Scam? T-Bone? Uh, nah. Yes, yeah, so I, I would. I would get. I would get phone calls he, from someone. Nah, he would post me. He would post your birthday. Yeah, yeah. damn. So he he never posted my birthday. That's oh, not that true. Was, that was so, the last straw. He's done that. He done it like maybe four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. But D, <laughs> yeah. he didn't post your birthday either, right? I, I can't say that he did. I think that's the real reason why we left. You don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that you was don't, a big deal, actually. You don't even post how, your birthday. How could you, wait, but how could you not celebrate <laughs> he doesn't know. my birthday? My His birthday. birthday. <laughs> Me. Me. The ultimate. And then I had to watch him every year. On August, whatever the, the second <laughs> you to don't third even week, know his birthday. Yeah, we, throw himself the biggest birthday party 
yeah. biggest bag of the century, <laughs> and he, he couldn't even acknowledge my birthday <laughs> on October. Are you serious? You don't even Nudia? like your birthday. That's you a literally fuck, said listen, you don't like your birthday. Listen, listen, you're not you don't understand me here. Do I have to mute your mic? You know what? Everyone came here to hear what I have to say. Can I speak my truth? Yeah, Nudia. Go ahead. Stand down. All right. Go ahead. I mean, so that's the real reason why I left, though. No birthday acknowledgement, D. That's right. why you left, right? No birthday acknowledgement. Somebody got to acknowledge my shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big celebrator, but damn, a little post. yeah, a little post, a little, post a little tag. Way, you know what I'm saying? It's I like I like to see the comments and see everyone <laughs> cheering you on on your big day, saying happy birthday. <laughs> oh, you know what I love is the HBD. And they're like, oh, the HBD, HBD. Don't with the little spell, cake. Don't even spell happy or B day out. <laughs> HBD. HBD. Like, what, or the, the birthday cake is the little, the yeah, least little effort. Yeah, the least effort. Three of them, though. If you just, get one, that's get really. Wolf. I feel like if you get one birthday cake emoji, that's right. basically like a fuck nah. you. Yeah, yeah. It's like petty. Here you look, go. It takes a lot of work you want. to look for the birthday cake. You just spell birthday cake. You just have to. And it pops up. Yeah. Might as well put happy birthday at that point. A lot of people would call this deflection, but it's not deflection. No, it's not. Yeah. It sounds. It sounds like it deflection. Sounds, it does okay. sound like deflection. All right, so let's get to it. Yeah. Why did we left? Why did we leave Scam? Nice. Right? D, why did we leave Scam? Never, why did you leave Scam? Yeah. What's like, even funny? People was coming up to you. It was like, yo, so you going to leave Scam soon? I'm like, I left during the summer. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little bit later now. <laughs> Been gone. Before we continue, I think we should explain that we're all with Scam artists. Yes. Mm -hmm. Agency with uh, Suja Kundu, right? Mm -hmm. We've had Suja on the podcast many times. Mm -hmm. Scam artists would be maybe, you know, Seen as one of the top tier DJ agencies in nightlife. Yeah, coming yeah. up as a DJ, that was the Rockefeller. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. and from your perspective, when you were, you know, in a LA, young lad, yeah. yeah, looking kind of looking at scam artists and scam All the DJs. Big DJs. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, you you look you look up to scam artists like the Rockefeller of the DJ, you know, culture. Mm. You had Dexter, which you know at that point after AM passed, it kind of kind of dissolved a little bit. But from like 08 to like 2013, 2014, yeah. As you know, as a 22, 23 year old, yo, you had to be represented by either scam or somebody known in order to even break in somehow. Especially into the circuit. to piggyback on what Jamie said, especially when you understand the Vegas market, mm -hmm. the the top guys that were in these big rooms, you know, outside yeah. of maybe the Calvin Harris's and the Aoki's and the Tiestos, the guys in these rooms were represented by Sujit. Yeah, you know, and like looking at the calendar, looking at the roster for Scam, it was a, it was kind of like a dream and a goal as a young DJ to get to that point. Right. So yeah, it, it was definitely the mecca of mecca of, you know, agencies for DJs. Well, if you look back on the history of DJ agencies, right? Yeah. It's, it's fairly. Like it's not a long time. It's fourteen it's, years old, maybe. It's yeah. maybe fifteen years. Fourteen, to 15. 15, oh, wow. 15, 15 years old. That right. you yeah. know, DJs had uh, management, and I, mm -hmm. I could go back to the nineties, you know, or eighties or whatever when DJs were existed. I'm sure, like each of them had managers or yeah. mm -hmm. road managers or someone taking care of their oh, shit. Of I didn't come up that way. I didn't come up looking up to agencies. Mm -hmm. the, the, the reason why I signed with any agency or I signed with Scam. And we can actually go, you know, down the line mm -hmm. on why you, why each person signed with scam artists. Right. right. The reason why I signed with scam artists initially was for protection. Wait, and what? Wait, wait, wait. What sense protection? So, when I was in Vegas, I, I think some of you guys heard this. I came out here. Uh, never co-signed me. I came out to Vegas. I had a residency at Jet Light. Mm -hmm. I think they were in the middle of opening um, Bank. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there was just issues with me. There was like an incident that happened. I think we have talked about it many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but have. anyway, in long story short, you know, I signed a non-compete contract with them. There was an incident that happened between like me and like Andrew Sesson, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they suspended me for like a week or like a month, actually. And then we had a meeting and we were negotiating something. And, you know, I think at the time I was asking, you know, I was I was pissed and I was hurt, you know, that they suspended me for a month. It was and I felt like it wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. And they just basically told me, like, you know what, like your side doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So if you want to continue working with us, you just come back on. And, you know, we'll continue what we're doing. Yeah, you just have to shut up and and get it. back yeah. to work. Yeah. And me being younger. <laughs> right. And just being kind of probably a hothead. I was just like, nah, I'm not going to come back. And they're like, well, you know, you signed a non-compete. So you can't work in Vegas for a year. Which is, that's so rare, like a non-compete contract. No, it was actually, that was the norm. Oh, was it really? At the time. That's like a radio thing. That was a standard at the time. Mm -hmm. And actually, Mm -hmm. I think, so when I had the non-compete, I started a campaign and I made t-shirts called Free Crooked. (laughs) So then like all these motherfuckers were wearing Free Crooked. What year was this? This was like 2007. 2007, yeah. Yeah. So everyone was wearing these free cricket tees, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it was actually then that everyone started becoming aware of non-competes yeah. and contracts because it, contracts were just so new. Yeah. yeah. And it was so, almost an unwritten thing because yeah. you had like guys like Five and Crooked and Vice that were exclusive to, to one thing. Like I'll, I'll jump the gun a little bit. At one point, you guys are all exclusive to like Tau Group. And then yeah. You had, that's, like, that's very important that he's bringing that up. Yeah. That's correct. Is that... Now you see DJs hopping around at different venues. Yeah. That was never a thing. Yeah. You could not do that in the mid-2000s or early 2000s. If you were signed with a venue or a management group, mm-hmm. you were only exclusive to them and to their venues. Yes. You could not hop around. Yeah. And that was the one thing that I didn't get. Being from New York, you know, there's a thing in New York where it's like you can't you remember we always said this, like you never stick to one club and stay nah. exclusive to one club. Nah. Because then if that club dies, you die. You fucked up, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you always kinda wanna be hopping around to the new club. Yeah. So I hated the fact that I was in Vegas and I was exclusive to this one thing. And I feel like when you're signed to them, they kind of can manipulate you, they could do whatever they want to you, kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you feel like you didn't have any power. Exactly. Yeah. So when I had when I went through that one year of not working in Vegas and I had to start over, right? And I, I told the story many times. I had to start over literally from the beginning. And there's people that looked out for me. Z Zandy. Mm-hmm. I love her to yeah. the end of I don't know, till the end of time. The end of time. <laughs> I got you. Till death, she looked out for me. To your part. You know, she put me in Wet Republic. You know, mm-hmm. she, these people looked out for me. You know, yeah, after I mean, that and, one year. And Lima's episode, you spoke about doing right. the, the, the lounges and stuff to yeah. work yourself up at all. So I had to work my way back up. And in doing so, that at that time, I was actually working with this guy named Zach Gitman. And Zach Gitman was this dude from San Diego. He was doing bookings with this other with his homie Mike Drummond. Yeah. And they were actually booking like live hip hop acts at different venues. So like Slick like Rick. Like old school hip hop. Yeah, artists. they would do like Slick Rick or Red Man at certain venues and certain and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But he was just like, yo, man, like if you want some extra gigs out of town, I could I could help you with that. And I'm, I'm not going to add, you know, we, we want 15% of your of the bookings, but we're not going to fuck with your Las Vegas shit. 
But after my experience in Las Vegas, I was like, I'm not going back to Las Vegas without some type of representation. I'm not well versed in like contracts and legal shit. I need someone to buff, like to be a buffer and to tell me crooked, like, yo, this is a shitty deal. Or this like, is a shitty yeah. deal or crooked. You're overreacting. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know what? Just shut up and just let this pass. It'll just go over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted. So, you know, long story short, Zach Gimmin, Mike Drummond, and me, and Fashion was actually working with them at the time. We yeah. were, we were kind of killing it. And I was kind of getting back up. I was working my way back in Vegas. I was in main rooms at Tao. Yeah. I was like really coming back up. And I was traveling a lot. And I was like, yo, like, shit is good. And us coming up with Zach Gimmin and Mike Drummond, they actually started an agency. Mm -hmm. And it was called Undisputed. Okay. You know? It was called Undisputed. Yeah. And it, it, it had the Mike B was on it. Mm -hmm. uh, Sid Vicious never. You, you, you put on me it. on there eventually. You got yeah. <laughs> um, there is Scooter, great yeah. DJs, Chris mm -hmm. Cuss, Fresh One. It was like, I, I think there was all these homies that were on it. And we were like, yo, it, a lot of people were like, oh, that's. So there's like, you know, there's Dexstar, there's Scam, and now there's Undisputed. Mm hmm. But we were just putting in so much work that we were getting in, like, we were doing takeovers at Blush. Mm -hmm. Like, we were, like, slowly building shit up mm -hmm. to where we would have had our own agency. And then there was, we probably got to bleep his name out, but there was a dude there named <laughs> He was just doing, like, weird shady shit. So every time I would, like, open a venue, a new venue up, mm -hmm. he would, he would, like, contact them and be, like, like, trying to take my bookings. But he was on my team. Yeah, that's weird. So he was on my same agency, but he felt whenever I opened a new venue up mm -hmm. that he had access to that. Yeah, it was fair game. So it was like, and then it was just kind of like, why are you guys bothering the venue? Like, why are you trying to like push this dude on them? You know what I'm saying? So I just kind of told him like, you know, I don't want to be on this agency if I feel like. You're going to have to carry a bunch of people. No, that wasn't like it. I, that's not the point. I don't trust people. If I don't trust the motherfuckers <laughs> who are on my agency, right? Mm -hmm. the if they point. feel like they're entitled to everything that I, I get, that, that it's theirs. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to be on there. So it's either me or him. And at the time, they chose him. But this dude is known to be a little shady, though. He is. Yeah. But I think, I think that's a common misconception. Like, I know, like, growing up... Like, I used to think, oh, if you join an agency, then you play at all those venues that right. you see these people on their list playing on, you know? Yeah, but there's a way to do it, not you contact this person. And oh, no, 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 for sure. But I think yeah. that's, a, that's a misconception. Oh, I want to play at this venue, and that agency is there. Mm -hmm. So if I sign with them, like, I'm going to get dates, you know? It, it's a problem when the venue calls you up, and they're like, why is your agency pushing this other dude? Mm-hmm. I just came to call you for bookings and they keep pushing this other dude. Mm. And it was multiple venues hitting me like, why? So that's when I have a conversation with them. That's the problem. So then, you know, when they picked, you know, Ross one had been on scam artist and I was just like, look, I thought those were a crew of homies that I could trust. Mm -hmm. And that's really all I cared about is that I wanted to be with like a crew that I trusted. Mm -hmm. There's strength in numbers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I look at scam and I'm like, Ross One's on there. Rocticon's on there. Homies. Five. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the, all the homies are on scam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I feel safe over there. So let me go over there. 
So I said, you know, Ross, like, you know, speak to Suja. Let me see if I can join Scam. Because I wasn't about to navigate Las Vegas by myself. Mm-hmm. I felt at the time I needed representation and protection. Mm-hmm. And that was my interest in joining Scam Artists. And it had nothing to do with Sujit. Like, I wasn't like, yo, like, Sujit's, a, you know, Sujit's great at what he does. But I wasn't like, I, I want to be a scam artist. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it was like, this is a crew of homies that I trust and I love. They got my back and I got theirs. And, you know, and Sujit, you know, is like protecting us. So I'm going to go yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And I went over there. You know what I'm saying? And that was my reason for kind of joining scam artists. But it wasn't to be a scam artist. It wasn't to be like Suji, get me more gigs. It was never, there was no incentive except for crew love protection. and protection. Yeah. That is something that you, that motherfuckers need to understand. Mm-hmm. I was getting gigs and I was getting opportunities when I walked through the door at scam artists. You, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, and if my name grew and if I got more gigs or if I made more money, cool. Do you understand? Like, that's great. But at no point was it like, damn, Crooked wasn't working. And then when he joined Scam Artist, he blew the fuck up. It was never that. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? I went there for protection and to be with my homies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I joined, like, I was like, yo, I trust this agency. I was trying to get all the homies in. And that's when Never never came through in, in, mm-hmm. the, in the picture. Mm-hmm. That's when also when I... Co-signed like a couple other DJs. DJ like, June. Yeah. Shout out to DJ her. June, D Miles. Mm-hmm. And then never what what year did you join Scam? Um 2015. 2015. Yeah. So And well, it's and yeah. the reason I joined Scam was around that time, every DJ was down with a crew. Mm-hmm. Like you had, like you say, there was Scam, there was um Blackout Artists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Kalika. Kalika, all the other crews you said. So I felt like at that time. The um, club uh, managers and promoters and owners, they was looking at a DJ who was with a certain crew. Yeah, it was like they, they didn't even want to speak to a DJ directly. Exactly. It was so, weird, right? It was. was. A stamp but, of approval. but the thing was, I was working though, because I was, I don't know, I was, there was a time like I wasn't working, like maybe 2013, 14, it was slow. Mm-hmm. And then th- things started picking up. Like I started doing Dre's, I started doing Light. You was doing One Oak? One Oak, yeah. yeah. And I was just, all this I was doing on my own. At the time, I was, we also had new. Yeah. And I was doing new and getting these gigs. And there was a lot of work, like keeping up with these invoices, being at the shop all day, then at night, getting the gigs. So I, I kind of needed help with my with my um, payments and shit, make sure I'm getting paid. Get so that's when mm-hmm. you approached me. He was like, yeah, Suji, want to bring you on Scam. Yeah, yeah. And at first I was hesitant because I come up from the time when DJs didn't pay managers a certain fee for work. Mm-hmm. We get we got the gigs on our own. But I thought about it and I was like, you know, at 15%, I could live with that. And plus, like you said, all the homies was on scam. It right. was you, Voss, Five, Deluxe, Scratchy. It was like everybody, like all of all our friends was on scam. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to join the scam. So boom. So I got on there. Yeah, yeah. And it actually, it did help a little bit. I ain't gonna front. Because I started to get gigs like at other venues that I never thought I would be working at. Right, right. Because at the time, like you said, Scam was like one of the biggest agencies out there. Mm-hmm. And when you was on Scam, you was fucking... Yeah, you were like, you were Rockefeller. I mean, it, yeah. it was a, a certain prestige, right? Yeah, it was a prestige it was. that came to join kind of right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's undeni- yeah, that's an undeniable like, It was mark- a stamp. Mm-hmm. There, there was a marketing factor to it. It yeah. was like when Sujit's... Uh, 
you know, birthday dinners or parties would come up and you were you were in there, people would ask you like, yo, can I go through? Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Or when there was like their big Christmas parties, yo, can I? Can you get me in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was always the Miles' plus one. Right, right. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna keep it a bit. And, and then Scam was doing those videos, like the- Oh yeah, those cool videos. The fucking yeah. Ocean Eleven type yeah. of shit. That was crazy. The, the takeover. Yeah. yeah, so. Yo, yeah. I remember, I, that was what, 2010 when they did that video? Mm-hmm. And I was just blown away. I think I sent it to Jamie. I was like, bro, like this shit is epic. Yeah, me yeah. and we used to, man. Because it was that. like, it was the, the Rock the Con scene, the Jermaine Dupree scene, you at New, I think Vice, Deluxe 5 in the clubs doing shit. Like, it was yeah, crazy, it was man. It was just like. Smoking a cigarette. Even, I, yeah. I must have sent that video to Mad Homies. Like, bro, like this is like the, the pinnacle to be a DJ. Like yeah, Captain's the industry was in that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Chris nice. Garcia hopping off the Porsche. I was just like, Jesus, yeah. but these motherfuckers mm-hmm. making money, bro. Yeah, they oh, were man. like, yo, y'all, y'all like fucking Wolf of Wall Street type of shit. <laughs> like, we were like, I was Whoa. so, I was so envious. I was just like, yo, this is beautiful. Like, it was so inspiring. So I was getting paid twenty five bucks to DJ at that point. So I was like, eh, whoa. So wait, what, cool. what was your perspective? Like, so, what, what made you want to sign? And, and and you know what I'm saying? It's interesting because my career in Vegas really started around '06. I got my first job at Tao, I want to say 07 or 08, but I was just doing the lounge. That's when me and Lima became tight. Mm-hmm. We were doing the lounge. I started getting better, honing my skills. Omar started giving me more opportunity. You're talking about Tao, right? Tao group, yeah. yeah. So at the time, it was just Tao, Tao Beach. Uh, that next fall, Lava opened. So I'm doing all three. So I'm rotating between there. I'm doing the opening shifts, doing the lounge and opium room at Tao, doing Tao Beach. And then I felt almost stuck okay i'm like i'm like damn i'm doing well but i'm only doing this i'm only doing the lounges i'm only like how can i progress so then i met my first manager so basically you were like i'm an opener and a side room dj yes Mm -hmm. and but like i've been doing but i've been an opener and a side room dj for this long about a year and a half almost two years yeah so i'm like okay how can i grow and then i start around that time to understand the idea of having representation right i see like all the dudes I look up to, they're represented by someone in some form, whether they have an independent manager or they have an agency. So I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe this is a good idea for me to look and see if that's something that I, I can I can do for myself. Maybe get a manager, right? Mm-hmm. So then I get my first one, which is Vivian's son, our friend. Yeah. Trust and she you. helped me tremendously. She helped me in a sense that I probably, like, she got and, me my and first. And she's not like... A manager, or she's not. No. She just had contacts. She was doing radio at the time, and she was uh, started working with Insomnia, mm-hmm. the company that does all the festivals, mm-hmm. right? Like um, EDC, EDC, all, all that shit, right? So, first ever out of town gig I got was in DC, thanks to her. So I'm getting, I'm starting to build and get out of town gigs, but the money's not crazy. So she comes to a point where she's like, "Yo, I can't do this anymore. I love you, but I gotta work as a focus on this other thing full time." Mm-hmm. So at that point, I'm like, cool. Now I know what it what a taste of it feels like. So moving forward, not only do I want to get out of town, but I need to get my money up. Mm-hmm. So then um, I crossed paths with Zach, right? Zach Gibman. Zach Gibman. Crooked was DJing at Lava one night. He was like, yo, this is my guy, Zach. He represents me. So me and Zach started rapping. We built a relationship. He starts getting me out of town gigs and getting my money up. So I'm like, okay, that's dope. Um, can I ask, was, yeah. was Undisputed still going on? I think it was on its way down, but Zach still had the contacts. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So it was, I don't I think he was kind of like doing it on his own. Mike Drummond wasn't as involved. I think Mike Drummond was involved. I think, I think th- at this point I may have left. I you think did. so too, yeah. yeah. I was mm-hmm. a scam artist. Yes. Yeah. Um, but for me coming up, you were like, it may not be a bad look to just work with him and see what it is. The thing with Zach Gitman is he's kind of, 
an amazing salesman. Yeah, can you give him his flowers? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, can you give him how great you told me this guy was? No, no, like, I, I will admit, like, Zach Gittman got me into rooms and doors out of town that I would have never gotten in. Yeah. And he's kind of an, he's an amazing salesman. He is. I give and him that. he's persistent as fuck. Mm-hmm. And he will ride or die for you to the, yeah. to the very end, which is, which actually, which really kind of hurt me when they didn't take my side mm-hmm. initially when I was threatening to leave right. and I ended up at scam. Yeah. That actually kind of, I questioned it, but I never held it against him. Right. And he kind of told me later, like we fucked up. Yeah. You know, like we should have, we should have looked out for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Zach Gibman, you know, when the year that I was, um, I had to not compete in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I had to go out of town twice a week. I was going to ask you how you like survived during that. So year. this is how I yeah. survived is like, I had to go out of town once to twice a week in different cities and that grind for that year. And I, and I mean, going to like Kansas city, then Oklahoma and then like Philly and then Boston. And then like my, Miami you was in Canada heavy. I was in Canada. I was just flying every day, every weekend for two, for at least two to three times a week, I was out of town in a different city week after week after week. And that was a testament to Zach Gibman, who said, like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to look out for you because you can't work in Vegas. I got your back. You're going to work every fucking week for the next year. And I was like, I was like, I don't know, man. And he fucking did it. You yeah. said he would cold call clubs he would cold call and just sell you right he would just sell and he was just relentless he would just like check on them every week and that's really what it's about it's like yeah yeah it's really watering you be it's like for for your for these agents and these salesmen right it's like they're annoying the first two months or the the first couple weeks they're super annoying but then they just kind of grow on motherfuckers Mm -hmm. and it it, it, it's kind of like you have to be okay with rejection yeah. But then yeah. you have to just kind of keep hitting them back up. Like, yo, what about this? What about this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, fuck off. What about this? What are, yo, man. And that's you honestly. Never, and then people look at him like, yo, you never quit. Yeah. And they, and respect, they end up respecting it. Yeah. yeah. And, and they'd that's be like, a lot of things like we won't. Yeah. We exactly. don't do. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because to us, it's exhausting. Do, do we have time to yeah. be on the phone every day? And because yeah. for me, like literally, he was getting me two grand, 2,500 gigs when no one knew who the fuck I was. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, yo, Zach, how are you getting me in these rooms? Like, these people don't know me. He's like, bro, like, he's like, I told him, I would tell them, let D in. If he, if he's whack, you never have to book him again. But if he's not whack, let him, let's, let's build a relationship and have him come back. And every right. time I'll go in, I would kill it. And we started building. And I always respected that about him. Mm-hmm. I think where, um, that was the pro. The con was, right? Like, I think, I think operationally, right? Op- yeah. So I goes back to that. Operationally, operationally he it, was, it wasn't yeah. there. But the hustle was there. Mm. It just wasn't, it wasn't critiqued to where like I was getting paid on time or certain things. And not, not all of that was on him. But what it did do was help me understand what I needed moving forward. In, in any like, in any business, like you need a salesman and you need someone who handles the operations behind And Zach was an amazing salesman. And he was an amazing salesman, but, they, but he was just missing that operations person. Yeah. And, that, and that's basic, you know. It's just one of those things. Yeah. After that, after that point, um, we decided to go our separate ways. And then I, I spent about two to three years with no management. And I just started really grinding in the city, kind of just building relationships, taking the opportunities I was given and building on those. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to the point where I had multiple residencies and then it clicked one day. I remember I was like double or triple booked in one day. 
And I was like, nah, I can't, I can't do this. Like I have to have management. Like there's no way I should be triple booked and not keeping up with my shit properly. Around that time, I might've hit up, hit up Crooked and been like, yo, like, how do you feel about maybe getting me like a, a meeting with Sujin? Is there any room over there? I don't know what the situation is. And he was like, honestly, I don't know if there's an opportunity there, but there might be an opportunity with these other guys. I'll be honest with you. I actually, so I've known Fresh One in San Diego for for a long time, since I've been going to San Diego to DJ at Stingery. Yes. I used to love that spot. I, yeah, fucking Man, the best. Sting Stingery was so dope. And um, I actually saw Fresh One build Sleeping Giant, his agency, mm -hmm. uh, from the ground up. So when he was building that, I was building new. So we would talk back and forth when it came to like developing your own website. Yeah. He was always ahead of me. I'm like, yo, your website's so clean. He's like, here's my developer. You know, when I had issues with payroll or operations or even like certain things like Basecamp, mm -hmm. he would introduce me like, yo, we're using this app called Basecamp or this is what I'm doing for payroll. Right. So operationally, he was always ahead of me mm -hmm. and I was watching him really streamline his business from the ground up. Yeah. Which is what everyone's like, why did you sign with Sleeping Giant? This is why I signed with Sleeping Giant. Yeah. Because I've seen him build it from the ground up. He's built that agency up. He has a staff of eight, right? Yeah. There's different departments. Everyone's mastering their own department. Mm -hmm. They're handling their own department. Um, you know, his payroll, his staff has health care. Like, these are things that I'm like, yo, this dude is changing to me, in my eyes, he's changing the standards of what DJ agencies are. Yeah. And the operations behind it are yeah. solid as fuck. Yeah. But at the time, yeah. At the, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't happy initially signing with scam artists. For, for me, it was hard. But it took like, you know, for if it took me like three years to condition myself to actually know how to deal with him. If yeah. does, does that make sense? No, it does. Yeah. Like I had like to actually deal with him. I had to like get to know him and like know how his temperament is and how to approach him and how he reacts to shit. Cause initially it's, it's jarring to certain people. Like to, for some motherfuckers, it can be jarring. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like there's been times when I, I wanted to like hop a flight and go to LA and just like throw throw like a chair at him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. You feel me? Like, yeah. and I've never felt that way about a lot of shit. But yeah. like, you know, like you have. It took me three years to get into a, a comfortable place where I could actually speak to him. Yeah. But even still, it required me to compromise a lot of of who I was. Right. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Most makes total sense. So, you know. When you look, when, when we talk about, you know, scam artists and me being there for 10 years. So it's like 10 years of compromising myself. Mm -hmm. So when D approached me about joining scam, I kind of was like, I don't know if this is the place for you. Yeah. And I think maybe you should try out Sleeping Giant because I've seen what he's built from the ground up. Yeah. And I, I would actually, at the time I was like, I wouldn't mind joining it. Right. But right now, Sujit and Scam Artists have, su have such a stronghold in Las Vegas that I don't know what would happen if I left. Right. If I would get blackballed, I don't know what the penalties were or what the consequences would have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I stayed on Scam thinking like everything's running, the machine's flowing, mm -hmm. and I myself might not be the happiest, right? Mm -hmm. But the business is moving. So, like, I'm going to compromise myself 
to keep the business moving. And, and bear in mind, I had new at the time. You know what I'm saying? Full, full time. And thriving at that I point. Was doing, I was doing new 15 hours a day. So in my head, I'm like, all right, this, this monster new is like, is going crazy. Do I leave an agency and like risk like more work and like more shit on the plate for me to take care of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do I just keep this, this going? Do you, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like if I leave an agency, there's it, it's a lot. It's like there's the transition, moving the contacts. You know, like, am I gonna get blackballed? I have to like, do I have to go out more? Do I have to meet these people is, and is make it these connections? Is it gonna be more work than it's worth? Exactly. At that point for you, it's gonna give you more of a headache. And not only that, like new was, I mean, it was making a lot of money, but it was costing a lot of money. I mean, there was a point where like you know, <laughs> we were making like over a hundred thousand dollars a month. And I still needed to borrow money from Sujit. I needed $5,000 to pay taxes off. But it's like I had all this money just moving, but I just didn't have enough. It, even, wasn't, it wasn't staying there. It, it was, it was, like, it was yeah. going in, going in and coming right back. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and it was like, and it was like, you know, I was putting my own money in. So it's like I put 20 grand in and it's like all of a sudden I'm behind. And I'm like, yo, Sujit, I need. 5k for taxes and you know that's the great thing about suji is that he will look out and he'll absolutely just, yeah. without without even without even like questioning he'll fucking look out he'll be like yeah all right whatever yeah. you need yeah i got you yeah yeah so you know he got my back i paid that shit off but it was it was so chaotic i was like i can't afford more chaos and leave scam artists but at the same time i was kind of looking out for you yeah that's what it sounds like You're and i was just like i don't know if you want to yeah join this machine you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, yo, why don't you try out these these yeah. dudes, that sleeping giant, fresh one, because I, I trust those motherfuckers. Like yeah. and I and he's a DJ. And you don't really see a lot of agencies that are ran by DJs. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of worked out because when I took the meeting, we hit it off. You know what I mean? Like I had a meeting with him, Troy and Fred over the phone, went down to San Diego, met with them. They were super cool. And at the time I was like really like bubbling, like in the city doing things too. So like everything I had. I felt so comfortable with them. I was just like, yo, like, this is what I have on the table. I'm comfortable with y'all taking this over and just running shit and just letting me come and show up and work. Mm-hmm. And for that first two years, like, it was amazing. Like, more work than I'd ever had in my life. More money than I ever had in my life. I was traveling. I was happy. And then I went through this phase where I felt like I'm killing it over here, but my homies is killing it over there. And so I went through this feeling like I want to be killing it with my homies. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it was like being on a sports team and you want to play with your boys. You had a good bitch at home and it wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, like ah. she looked like she it was like I'm titties. playing for the I'm playing for the like yeah. Boston Celtics, but I'm from LA. I want to play for the Lakers. Yeah, you had a down ass bitch and it wasn't good enough. And it was like I was just like fuck, man. Like I really want to just be killing it with the homies. I'm watching Crooked and Neville, and you know I'm close with Scratchy and like. Y'all doing y'all thing over there, and I, the the immature part of me and my selfish half was like, I kind of want to go over there and be with the homies and you, make money with the homies want, and want, travel with the homies and be a part of what they have going on. I want to be at the scam dinners. You was, you was making paper, but you wanted the glory. 
Yeah, yeah. I went to go to the Christmas party. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to do all the fun things <laughs> and just be around birthday. my homies. And <laughs> I think that was a testament to my immaturity and a testament not, to you know what? It's not because you kind of got to go through it. Yeah, you have to you, learn those lessons. Yeah. you got to yeah. go through it. You know, but like the me that I am now versus the 2015, 16 me. You know, I see things totally different, right? And my values have changed. What is important to me has changed. Mm-hmm. Being in certain rooms doesn't matter as much to me. Like. You guys are family regardless, right? Whether we're working together or not, we family. Mm-hmm. Really? But okay. in that, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, come on. In that moment, <laughs> it was tough, man, because it was weighing on me for a while. And I remember leaving to go to um to scam. That was a tough. It was I had I had really bad anxiety over it. Like, was there any issues that made you leave, or did you? I think that the one issue at the time was that I didn't feel like I all the way fit in. Even though I was making money, um, at the time their roster was very EDM heavy, mm-hmm. and I think that I wanted to be around a situation where they were doing things and gearing things towards my strengths, and I felt like the open format market was cornered by scam artists. Right. So the rooms that they were putting their DJs in were the rooms that I'm like, I need to be in those so, rooms. So your thinking was like, yo, if I'm killing it on Sleeping Giant. I would be murdering it yeah. on scam artists. Mm-hmm. That's where my head right? was. Yeah. And the first, well, first of all, you know, all, all due respect to Fresh and Troy, because that was a hard conversation because it was like, how do I articulate that I want to leave when things are going well? Right. Because nothing's really going bad. Right. You know what I mean? So it was like, I ha- how do I justify wanting to leave without sounding selfish? Right. So we just had a real conversation. You had a good bitch at home. (laughs) Yeah, you had a good bitch at home. We had a really good conversation and (laughs) a testament testament to who they are, man. They understood. Yeah. And they're like, it's okay. Like, you know, we left. left, I'm sure they were Yeah, no. I was like, fuck. They was like, fuck. You know, what's funny funny (laughs) is that me and and Fred, so me and Fred and me and Troy had two different relationships. Me and and Fred had a talk and it was cool. Me and Troy kind of like bumped heads, but then when we saw each other in person months so, later, we squashed it and we had a real conversation. That's, that's right. the black and Troy. He was like, Fuck this nigga. <laughs> well, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful that Troy gave me the opportunity to talk it out later. Yeah, and gave me the opportunity. Right. I think the one thing when I did join Scam, the one thing that kept the kept my spirits high and everything afloat for so long was that I had John Marino. Yeah, because we talk about that. I never really had to deal with Sujit ever. So John Moreno was uh, an agent, mm-hmm. one of the agents on Scam Artist. At the time. At the it's time. Amazing. For yeah. me, he was amazing. I think we all at some point dealt with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you left Sleeping Giant mm-hmm. uh, and you hit me, you hit me like, yo, can I join Scam? And I think it was easy at that point. We we're like, yeah, yes. It was. And Sujit yeah. was like, yeah, done deal. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like D's working. It's all good. And I think this is when John Moreno just started. Yeah. And this is probably when you just joined as well. Cause you did you deal well, with John Moreno? Um at first I dealt with Christina Christine Doyle. Okay. She was my first um manager, agent. Yeah. yeah. Agent. Yeah, my first agent I worked with in Scam. Then she left like a probably a year and a half later. And that's when um John became my agent. Right. Yeah. So when John first joined Scam, I tell you how different he was. Like we had a conversation on the phone. We had like one, like two to three conversations on the phone. And I was like, yo, you know what? Like this motherfucker actually cares. He really does. And I was like, yo, why don't like, why don't I fly you out to Vegas? I got your hotel. Let's, let's have dinner. Let's meet up. And why don't you come? Like I'm working. At, I don't know what spot I was. I was maybe at, 
Hakkasan or I don't know what the fuck I was DJing. Yeah. I said, why don't you come through, come check it out, try to meet with maybe some of the contacts over there and blah, blah, blah. I've never done that with an, another agent at Scam. Never. John was so thorough. My first month on Scam, he flew to Vegas to my first official gig on Scam mm. just to support me and just to talk to management while I was there to check on me how I was doing. And I had never had that happen. God right. damn it. Sh- and like John. literally he was like, I could call John at eight in the morning. I could call him at two in the morning. I could call him for anything. He would answer his phone for anything. He was there for me for anything. And that buffer was so important because I just, I felt like I had someone that completely understood me. Yeah. And it made the transition. It made, it was like it justified my move. Right. Like having him there just made me feel so comfortable and I was so thankful. And I never let him, I never not let him know how thankful I was. I always mm-hmm. told him like, bro, I appreciate you, man. Cause you really make my life a lot a hell of a lot more easier than what it probably should be right now. You don't you don't meet a lot of motherfuckers like that who who care like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like even from the from jump, I was just like, yo, this this dude is different. Mm-hmm. You know, like just to explain even more. Like, never and I DJed his wedding. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like for free. Like I didn't want <laughs> yeah. shit. We were like, yo, whatever the fuck, fuck you that. want. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. that's how much of like this motherfucker is a solid as fuck. Like nice I can't mm-hmm. say enough about. Mm-hmm. Like John Moreno. Yeah. And he was a big reason why I stayed on scam artists. Mm-hmm. So even if even if like Suji and I were bumping heads, he would he would get in the middle of it. And it was and you were right. I didn't really have to deal with Suji at that time. Right. But and it and it like he cared so much he would hit me up and ask me for advice about operations. How can I improve communication with this this at, at scam our office? Or how can we do this? How can we do that? And I'm like, well, you could probably try this or you could try this. I mean like Motherfuckers don't do that. He would you know? call me every week. He'd be like, yo, Nev, um, let's try to work on some new spots. I'm going to try to hit up this spot. I'm going to try to hit up that spot. If you have any suggestions, right. let me know. And he would do this like every week. Yeah. And no, I love the, um, I have no problems with the agents I have, but no agent have done that for me ever. Nah. And he was just, he was gold, man. Yeah. He was like, you don't, you don't meet motherfuckers like that. Like to this day, I talk with him maybe at least once a week. Yeah. We he's jam each funny, other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast once in a while. Shout John. Yeah. You know, and he works at the forum now. He's doing big things. He's doing big things, man. So he he is a part of, uh, what is it, MSG Group? Yeah. That owns the forum. Yep. So literally, he's in there doing operations. He works from that uh, that space. And he's still there for us, man. Like, even though he's not working with Sam, he's, you know, whatever the situations are, he's still there for us. Like, I hit him up to get my sister tickets to J. Cole. Yeah, and not only did he do that, he got her VIP parking passes and right. and passes to the after party. Everything. And I'm like John, you didn't have to do that. He was like, bro, you family, don't don't say nothing. Like it's all love. He did the same for me, man. Like, yeah, J Cole concert. Look, I don't even that. I don't even know to do it, and he offered me tickets too. Yeah, so yeah. he's the nicest guy. He's, he's always been a stand up guy. Yeah, so and it's, but when he left, when what was he leave like in 2018? 2019. 19. Yeah. yeah. So when it he was left, February 2019. Wow, you remember? He was hurt. I remember he was just like, oh, it was like beginning. March is about to come. He was just like, damn, I got some bad news. I'm gonna leave scam, and it totally like destroyed me. I was just like, fuck, man. It's like we built a relationship together, man. It was all hey. good. <laughs> <laughs> it was all hurt. <laughs> No, it's true though, but, man. I think I feel like everything changed yeah. after that. Yep. Yeah. And it's not a diss to the agents we were dealing with after after mm-hmm. John, but everything changed. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, and when that hit, it just kind of like I mean, it changed everything. It did. And it's one of those things when twenty twenty one comes back, you know, everything's opening up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we had it was Su- so different. Man. We had Sujit on, you know, scam artist, right? We had Sujit on when he was post pandemic, kind of last year. Mid pandemic, actually, right? Mm-hmm. When he was like, you know, kind of uh, marketing the 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 scam summit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had him on, and he he spoke about, you know, kind of like he's a one man show right now, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's you know that's kind of one of the issues that I had because when you have so many DJs. And you're monitoring all of these DJs. You're doing the bookings, itineraries. Yeah. Um, you know, you're being some DJ's therapist, right? So you're, you're like helping all of these random motherfuckers do shit. And you, let's be honest, man. DJs are not the easiest motherfuckers to deal with. No. no. Fucking prima donnas. They think they're the shit. Needy. Needy. Crybaby. <laughs> you know, like even when a motherfucker's busy, you know, that's still not enough. Yeah. Like, like even with you, like, you right. know what I'm saying? You had a good situation of Sleeping Giant. That wasn't enough. Like, it's yeah. just never enough. So I understand Sujit's position and I've always understood Sujit's perspective. And I actually always empathized and respected where, what he was as a business person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we always connected on that because I ran new and I felt like sometimes I was alone and I was running this company you know, like it just like all this weight was on my shoulders. Yeah. And, you know, like I had to keep it moving. So when I would see Sujit, sometimes I'd saw that in him and I'd empathize for him. You know, he's a hard fucking worker. He's a hustler. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I, I can't no one could ever take that shit away from that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But when everything opened in 2021, I just felt like. It, every it was like a new agency. It was totally yeah. Oh, it was. It was completely different. different. You know, like it was just a a different animal. There's no agents. We're dealing with Suja on every day, like on a on a weekly basis. Yeah, and it's about eighty acts in that in that roster. And it's just like you know, at this point, with the, my level of compromising myself to, you know, it's like. Yeah. It, it was like I didn't know what temperament I was going to deal with sometimes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just, and I don't blame him because it's just so much to juggle. There's so many moving parts. Yeah. And to do that alone is hard. But it, it, it's one of those things where I got to look back. Mm-hmm. If I'm a company and I've been around for 10 plus years to maybe 15 years, mm-hmm. shouldn't I have an infrastructure yeah. that is, is running better, if not the same? than it was 10 years ago. Right. And that's the, that's one of the issues that I was having. Yeah. That is like why I understand we're like rebuilding and shit, but it's these are operations. Mm-hmm. And it, why are we going backwards? The one thing I did watch cuz I met you in 2009 from from when you started new to building it, I I always respected the fact that you um empowered others and you gave others responsibility in order to do what they needed to do. Mhm. And I'm not sure that Sujit ever empowered anyone else to help him run the company. So that it, he almost created that weight on his shoulders more so. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's hard though. Like, I, and I don't know if that's dissing him. It's so not. If you, no, it's you know, not. You know that's your. But that's, it's overextending yourself. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. That's your perspective. Yeah. And the only thing I could say is that it's hard to empower people because like it, when you run a business and you trust people and you p- and put everything on and you reward them and you look out for them, people are unpredictable. Right. People will take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. People will lie yeah. to you. People will steal from you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like some people have done that with me with new, you know what I'm saying? And friends have done that. And I can't 
take it personally. And, and I think we all protect ourselves in different ways. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I think those are that's just one of those things where when you're running a business, you're, sometimes you're like, I can only trust myself. You know, and, and his defense, like, you know, it's hard. It's like, especially like day to day, someone, it's like when you run a business, there's some weeks where every fucking day, like someone is fucking you in some different way every fucking day. Yeah. And it just, it, and it just really affects how you navigate through life and if not business. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, in, in 2021, I mean, never, you even know, like everything changed. Yeah, it did. It's like, um, like you said, everything started to open up again slowly. Mm-hmm. But I had venues was hitting me up directly asking me if I wanted to work. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, why are these guys hitting me up instead of hitting Sujit up? Right, right. So I was just I was thinking about it, and then I decided, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to move on. Because it wasn't there was no point in you having an age being a part of an agency if everyone's hitting you up directly. Exactly, much. yeah. Mm-hmm. And also during and you, it, and, you, and you hate giving your fifteen percent, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Nah. I, I know Nevis thinking he's like, if I'm talking to the contact, nah, I would never do. I'm that. doing the fifteen percent of the work. And why am I giving this motherfucker fifteen percent? Nah. I, <laughs> I would never do that to Sujit. But I was thinking like, yeah, maybe it's time for me to um, move on, to move into a different direction. Right. And also at the same time, um, A.D. McDonald's, he was just like, yo, Nev, if you leave a scam, I can help you out with gigs as well. With, with Mac Agency. With Mac Agency. So right. on top of the g- gigs I had through my contacts, right. I had gigs that A.D. was hitting me with. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, yeah, this is this shit is going to work out. This is like a, right. the, a good best, the best thing to do so right you guys, now. Yeah, so you guys were just flowing and then it just seemed only right to join Mac Agency. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, we've known Eddie since forever, bro. Yeah, I've known Eddie since the 99. Yeah. <laughs> the 99. and I were like five. That's family right there. So. I know. So, And I've known him since 2005. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, DJ starting their own agencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's no surprise that you're on an agency, mm-hmm. right? Started by a DJ. Exactly. And uh, D and I are on an agency started by yeah. D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So D, what was your reasons for leaving? Scam. Um, the big qu- the big question. After I after I joined Scam, I didn't have I didn't have any complaints. Like I said, we were working with John, so that he was the, the constant buffer. I think when he left, I was still doing well. Mm-hmm. A series of events started happening, right? One of my long term residencies closed. So I had like that income deleted from from me right like i wasn't doing hard anymore that was like my seven eight year residency mm-hmm. so at that point i started hustling a little bit more because when john left you know much respect to the next agent that i had but he wasn't his season i think he was still learning the business mm-hmm. so i had to a little i had to almost step up in my contributions right like when i had john i got spoiled i, w- I was not networking at all I wasn't communicating with the bookers and right. my relationships out of town at all because I felt so comfortable with John and it was a it was a great thing. But when he left, I realized I still need to play my part, right? I still need to hustle and do what I have to do. But you know, obviously, COVID happened and things weren't going my way. I'm after COVID, I might have been getting one or two gigs a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I got blessed and I started doing more corporate shit, right, with the boxing. Mm-hmm. So that became my main source of I mean, income. Showtime. Shout out to yeah. Showtime. <laughs> Showtime so, and Thriller. Now, and Triller, right? Triller. So that became my main source of income, being able to DJ, DJ those events. And I'm extremely thankful for that, right? But it did allow me 
a, like time to really reevaluate my DJ career because I didn't have to depend on it as much for finance for right. financial reasons. Right. Like I had that comfortable. I had like trailer and showtime paying my bills. Mm-hmm. So I could like sit back and like, okay, where do I want to go direction wise with the DJing, yeah. like in the clubs, right? So I started rebranding and rebuilding my contacts, and then I'm like, okay, maybe scam isn't the lane for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And at this point in my career, what do I, where do I want to be? Where do I want to do? I started doing like working with the homies more, like my contacts in Texas and LA, like the homies that have parties. Like I'm doing all these different things now, right? That became like my source of like joy. That w- that's what became important to me. Mm-hmm. And then I think having a, still having a relationship with SGM, talking to those guys, remending that relationship with Troy, I felt like, okay, maybe this is the time to, to make that move to go back because yeah. we never lost touch. We always kept in touch, remained cool. I left on, a good, on good terms and they respected my decision at the time. I even went as far as to reach out to Troy and I was like, look, man, you know, it was never a situation where I wasn't happy, but it was something I needed to do for myself, good or bad. Mm -hmm. And he understood and we hashed it out. And I even, I was like, look, man, the way I left may not have been fitting, but I do apologize if I made you feel a way about me personally. Baby, baby, please. (laughs) Baby, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Baby, come back. I love you. We hashed it, man. I did you wrong. I miss you. I miss you. You know, Mandy, you were at home. Baby. I'm gonna stop my selfish ways. Man, no, for real. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, man. Like it just felt right this time around to right. go back to work with those guys, and that's just where I was at because I'm not the same person I was in 2016. Right, I'm a different person. Mm-hmm. So what I value now versus 2016 is a little different, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of helped me understand that I want to move forward. I still love doing the big rooms. I still love doing, you know, lounges. I still love doing private events. I love all of that. But how I want to go about it is might might be a little different. Like I'm not chasing any one thing. Yeah, I I think basically in a nutshell, you're saying that like scam artists post pandemic, they're not going to help you get to where you want to get. Yeah, you know? take the next step. So I, I kind of like got to a point where I understand that there's like scam artists has a formula. Mm. That works for them, right? And their DJs, mm-hmm. in order for them to be, in order for them to be successful, they follow that formula. Mm. At this point in 2022, I don't know if that formula is for me. Mm. Mm. Right? I think you hit it right on the nail. Yeah. Is that a term? Yes. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think you hit the nail right on the, the forehead. On the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I think you're absolutely right about that formula. I'm glad you mentioned that because mm-hmm. it's like, um, I feel like, you know, if we talk about these agencies, I feel like they all specialize in different things. Yes. There's certain agencies that specialize in corporate events, mm-hmm. you know, sponsorships. Some of them, uh, you know, like like we said, they, they deal with more like, you know, good good music parties, like do-over events or mm-hmm. like festivals and so on, you know, like, and I feel like, Sujit and scam artists, their formula, it works really well. It's a really great formula, but I feel like you have to compromise to fit the formula. Yeah. You know, it's not a formula that adapts to every DJ. Right. So you kind of have to adapt to it. And I think there's a certain point where you where it's like you you can't compromise anymore. And I think and I think the pandemic just put a lot of things into perspective it did it actually did man you know what i'm saying and i 
and it's really, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, when you put in, when you put in 10 years or something and you look back on the 10 years, I have absolutely no regrets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thank Sujit for, you know, for the work that we did together and, you know, and just like, I, I had a crazy fucking 10 years, you know, with, with new, with a whole bunch of shit, even starting this podcast. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, you saw what was going on when we, oh, man. I mean, imagine I was juggling new, this, the podcast, it was like, it was insane, the amount of work and, you know, like, yeah. and Sujit held me down during that time. But yeah. I just feel like at this point, moving forward, I, I, I want to take more control over my career so that when I'm in my 50s, I can control the direction it's going. And it's not mm. it's not on a scam artist train. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Like, I, I just want to take control. So DJ Crooked, like, all right, like, wow, we're seeing like a completely different lane that DJ Crooked's in. And it's not just on the scam artist train. Yeah. Mm. And, I, and, and look, like shout to all the DJs on scam artists. I like genuinely love most of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, actually, uh -huh. I, 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 I you have a lot of love for everybody. I got a lot of love for the DJs there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they're all killing it. They're all so talented. You know, and like, you know, seeing like DJs like Angie V, like mm -hmm. come up and just take streaming to another level and yeah. and getting to the venues. Like, Such is doing his job. He is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, is, it has nothing to do with us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I just want to find something new and I want to kind of get out of my comfort zone. And that, and that's switching agencies and management. And I'm in a place right now. I could kind of like take a little bit of time to see like, all right, what direction do I want to go to? Mm -hmm. And what do I want to build? And, I, and the thing is like, it's not going to be instantaneous. Like you're not going to see a new DJ Crooked in like six months. <laughs> this is something I want to build in the next three to five years. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when I had conversations with Fresh One, Freddie and like Troy at Sleeping Giant, you know, we had two to three hour conversations about what's in the future. Yeah. And one of the main concerns, and I, you know, I put this in my Instagram post and my social media posts when I switched over to Sleeping Giant and I made that announcement. I just want to see how I can affect some change in this industry that we're in. You know, when you've been in this industry for 20 plus years, Everyone wants to make money, right? Everyone wants to like progress in their career and like mm -hmm. blow the fuck up. Mm -hmm. But you, you start thinking about like, what have I accomplished? Yeah. How have I affected change or positive? Like, or what have you done differently? Not only that, it's like 20 from, years from, from now, right? Yeah. Like how has the industry changed? Mm -hmm. Has it become better? Yeah. Like you don't want to see younger DJs kind of go through the same shit you went through. Mm -hmm. You kind of want it to get better. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So like when I look back and I'm looking and I'm like, yo, why is healthcare still a problem? Like these little things. Why can't agencies provide healthcare for yeah. DJs? Right? Like at this point, we've all had homeboys or people that have had health scares. I mean, fam, like, we've had people like we've had you know DJs I mean? pass away. Pass away that yeah. didn't have any kind of like coverage that had to, you know, their families had to depend do, on GoFundMe's go and, yeah. and, and it's and, fucked up. Yeah. And I'm having this conversation, you know, I've had this conversation with DJ City. It, you know, when we when we first started the podcast and we were talking about sponsorships with DJ City, you know, I was talking to him about my concern for health insurance. When I when I spoke with um, Sleeping Giant, it was the same thing. We we ended up talking about health insurance. And, yeah. and I was like, yo, is it possible to apply that shit to the DJs in your agency? And he said, yes. Like I said, could we maybe could that happen in the next three to five years? He said, maybe sooner. So like for me. 
it, it's it's not only about like yo i want to get health care for djs it's just about like yo can i be part of an agency that's going to affect change and not and set a new standard yeah because if one agency has health care or or sets a new standard that protects the djs even more mm-hmm. everyone has to follow yep and then if the new standard is every agency has health care can there be a union can we can there be a possible union for djs that has health care legal legal advisory 401k, you know and 401k all these like things where like you can basically have a pension plan mm-hmm. like is it possible like maybe i'm just like fantasizing here but it's like if 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 you could do like a little bit of change and you can work with your homies to do it that's the real thing that was i don't i'm not scared of the work i've always been about the work that's yeah. like like motherfucker if you want to work let's work yeah i'm not scared about the work I just want to work with motherfuckers that align with my perspective and what is important to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if I'm joining Sleeping Giant, I trust these motherfuckers and it's always about crew love and protection. Yeah. And, the great and that's great. what I'm feeling right now with SGM. Mm-hmm. So when I say like, yo, let's try to do this, like, yo, quicker, yo, why are you trying to be like the fucking savior? Like, dude, like, health? nah, I'm just saying, like, yo, let's try it. And if it doesn't work, I'll say, y'all, like, yo, we couldn't make it work. Yeah. But, like, like motherfucker, let me just try. Like, Wait. these, and, they, and the thing is, when I talk with Fresh One about it, right, he's like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. He's not scared. He's kind of smiling, like, yo, let's do it. Like, yeah. fucking, I'm down. Like, I don't, I don't meet motherfuckers like that. Yeah. I don't meet motherfuckers that I, I talk to about shit like that. And they're like, yo, so it inspires me. Not only that, it's really f- hard for you to find somebody that's four or five steps ahead of you. Right. And that just keeps you going even more. And he is. He's a fucking, he's a brilliant dude, man. What he's done with that agency and operationally what he's done. It's just streamlined, bro. Yeah. It's ready for expansion. And that's the thing is like when I look at agencies, are they ready for expansion? How many workers are on there? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are they organized? What apps are they using? How's payroll? You know what I'm saying? How's the calendar and itineraries? It's all streamlined at Sleeping Giant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have a training process. They have, like, all of these things set up. It's ready to expand. So when I talk to him and I'm like, yo, you're killing, like, you got a decent-sized roster for EDM, but it's not as expansive. Right. Mm -hmm. So could I maybe help? And expanding your open format division. Yeah. He's like, yo, we would love that. Yeah. So not only like, you know, so there's there's all of these things that come into play. Like, I don't necessarily get anything out of it either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't get shit. But it is legacy. It's it's, it's legacy. I mean, it's one of those things you think back and be like, yo, when I'm 50 or 60 and I look back, if I affected change and I set a new standard for shit, then I, I could just be like, yo, like. You know, who, who cares how many fucking Instagram or social media videos I posted with cryo or in front of big crowds? <laughs> yeah. Does, does that make sense? It does. When I look back and I'm like, yo, I actually changed how the industry navigates. Yeah. You know, me and, and Jamie are huge, huge sports fans. Everything that requires change starts with a union. It's just the way it is. Yeah, sports, you, know, you wouldn't have free agency. You wouldn't have money coming up. You wouldn't have like all these agreements, different things if you don't have a union first. You know what I'm saying? Because that's going to protect 
the talent always. So starting yeah. healthcare, starting of trying to form a union, all that stuff is for protection at the end of the day. You know, like Jamie came up to me the other like today and was like, yo, like someone asked him, like, yo, is Crooked signed to Sleeping Giant or is he working for Sleeping Science? Because in his Instagram post it sounded like he's working for them. And I'm like, yo, I'm working with them. Right. Mm-hmm. They're working for me and I'm gonna help them. Exactly. Yeah. You understand? And in helping them, I help others. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking out for my boys and I'm looking out for my boys because my boys are running this shit mm-hmm. and my boys are assigned to this shit. So I'm looking out for both parties. Yeah. Do you understand? And I don't get shit. And not only that. No, no, no. Wait, let me finish. I don't get anything from this. If, if DJs get health care, they get health care. I get health care. You know what I'm saying? If we start a union, we start a union. I get nothing out of this financially. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like. So when I'm doing this shit, it's some shit that just bothers me. And every time I see like a DJ get sick and I see a GoFundMe and I see like motherfuckers have to put in money to, for this shit, I get tired of that. And I've been seeing that shit for 20 fucking years. Yeah. Since DJ Hero, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Risk, I'm, risk one. He's the yeah, home. risk yeah. one. Fam. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm just sick of seeing that shit. It shit is getting old. And I'm like, why isn't motherfuckers changing this shit? It's just old, bro. Like, I don't want to see that shit no more. Fam, if I'm if I'm talking with a motherfucker who wants to change this shit with me, like, let's, let's give it a shot. And even if nothing happens, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe someone else does it. They do it better. Be inspired. Then f- yo, then fuck it. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's going to be a compromise to every agency you join. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to yeah. compromise something. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like any relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a husband, wife, business partner, anything, you gonna have to compromise something. Right. You just gotta realize. You just gotta actually. You gotta figure out what you're willing to compromise. What yeah. you're willing to give up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you're gonna compromise something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like for me and all of you guys, we made our decision on what we're compromising and what, you we're, and what, we're, and what we're not willing to compromise. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I know, like, Crooked, you were talking about complacency. Yeah, yeah. And I know when we're all out, like, D said it, like, Jamie said it, like, people hit us up and message us, like, yo, what happened with Crooked? Yo, why'd, why'd Crooked leave? Like, I think everyone thought it was going to be this big thing. Well, so you're, you're kind of asking, like, everyone is curious to know why I left or D left or never left because... They're, they're just wondering there had to have been some kind of event or incident that happened for you to make a change because if it's going good right and mm-hmm. everyone's working why would and i why would good. i change a thing why would yeah. we change i can't speak for them but i can only speak for myself the, the thing is i with this decision it's been a change that i've been wanting for a while mm-hmm. and it, it it just seemed like the right moment in time for me to do it and it, it's it's not it's not like it's not because sujit's an asshole or like because like i'm like fuck scam or it's not it's not anything like that it's just like, yo, like, I had this fear of leaving. And then all of a sudden, the fear dissipated somehow in the last two years. Mm. And it was, it, maybe it's a confidence in myself. Maybe it's me knowing what direction I want to go to or knowing that I need to change in direction. But it's also admitting to myself that I've been complacent. Mm. And it's like, there's certain things I'm unhappy with my career and myself. And it's like, Sujit's not going to change that shit. No one's going to fix it for you. No, yeah. Yeah, Sujit's not going to change that shit. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, the money, the, you know, the gigs and all of this shit, I mean, that could only get you so far. But I've told you, like, in recent podcasts, like, in episodes, I've told you I'm not motivated by money at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I'm not motivated by that shit right now. So that like, you know, I've changed in that aspect. In my 30s, I think it was like, yo, that's like, as a broke kid growing up in New York or LA or whatever the fuck, that's all you really want to do. Like, I was just having a conversation with MoMA about this. And we're like, yo, like, these millennials want to be Rihanna. You know, like, these people, these, these they, they want to be superstars. Like, I don't want to be a superstar fucking DJ. I think like, growing up, you know, my gen, I think it was like, the fact that we're able to do something besides a nine to five to make money was already the biggest achievement ever. Like, and the fact that I'm like, you know, entering the, my forties and still able to like make a living off of this shit is insane. I think that's like the highest hope. Like never, when we were growing up, it was like, you had to work for somebody, you had to go to college. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was like, you never, when we, when we told motherfuckers we want to be a DJ, everyone was like, yo, you fucking crazy. No, when we, when I told my parents I was going to quit my day, my city job and become a DJ. It was crazy. They thought I was out of my mind. Out of your mind. And, and, but now. And they said, they, you know what they say? They're like, yo, you going to leave a city job where you have healthcare? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they we talked about that the DJs don't have. Social security? My, yeah, my parents was like, are you going to leave all that just to be a DJ full time? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it, but but it was so crazy 20, 30 years ago. But now yeah. it's like it's it's, it's kind of normal now. It's, it's normalized. Like a, it's a usual. Yeah, it's a normal thing to do. It's it's, it's normalized. Yeah. Not it, having a normal job is you know exactly the it's, normal schedule and like the nine to five schedule. Right. Like, yeah. But it was like we were such black sheeps at that time, mm -hmm. and it yeah. was just like and it's like oh shit, you're able to pay your rent. Yeah, you're, you're thriving yeah. off of DJing. People would just look at me. I would go to like yeah. dinners. <laughs> Remember? I, no, I had a funny story. I went to an Apple store in New York when I was visiting, and um, some guy was helping me. He was just like, I don't know where this came from, but he's like, oh, what you do? I'm like, I'm a DJ. This was like back in 2003 or four. Yeah. Then after I finished paying for everything, he was like, oh. Good luck with that DJ thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I just started laughing. I'm like, hi, man. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like the fact that I, I was telling him, like, we like we don't, like, I'm not trying to be like Diplo. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. feel like it, as a DJ, you have to know what you want. So, Cricket, if you don't want to be Diplo, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be for me? I, I guess what I want is, in the end of it, is I want some new experiences i want some new challenges mm -hmm. you know when i when i think of my last 10 years with scam artists it, it reminds me of like a roller coaster yeah you know what i'm saying you you get on this ride there's all these ups and downs you know there's like there's great times great moments with great people there's downs you know there's struggles you know there's confrontations there's issues incidents but then it goes back up and it goes back down and then the ride ends, but then, you know, you kind of go on a ride again because it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's like, a, let's go on it again. Let's do it again. And so uh, you keep doing it. And along the way, some people hop off the ride. Uh -huh. Some people, some new people join the ride. Yeah. So it feels like it's changing. The, the experience changes. But I think I'm at a point where it, the ride is just getting repetitive. Yeah. And it's just not getting, it's not fun like it used to be no more. Mm-hmm. So like I I think like right now this you know on this scam roller coaster, I think it's just time you know to like hop off the ride and try some new rides like yeah you know what I'm saying like you're like man I don't want to hop off because I'm not sure if I'm gonna like the other ride as much as this and it's just like and you're just comfortable and you right. know that ride yeah I yeah. know this ride you know I yo I you know it's like so you know I want 
some new experiences and if that requires me to take a risk you know i'm, I'm ready for it yeah. i'm ready to take that risk and hop on this new ride this sleeping giant ride or sgm ride you know mm-hmm. just like i've taken a risk to, to do the new ride or the road podcast ride or any other like any other ventures or journeys that i've taken it's just like you just need to constantly change it up yeah and I think that's really what I want is, is new experiences. And I, you know, I want to get off the ride. I want, I want to, to try new shit. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. That makes total sense, man. I, I think we can end it here. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get any point here. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what motherfuckers expected from this episode, you know, but this is what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> they want a summer jam. That's what they wanted. <laughs> All right, y'all. Until next time, you know, and, yeah. the, and the thing is this, man, if we have more to talk about any of this shit, as we as we go forward, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but as of right now, this is this is what you know. This is where we at. This is where we at. Yeah. All right, y'all. Mm-hmm. Peace, right, peace, peace. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms, and every Thursday the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, YouTube.com/RoadPodcast, and to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit YouTube.com/DJCity. And we'll see you next Wednesday.